Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself. Broaden your mind. Open your heart and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simron. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are midway through October 2020. This year is coming to a close fast and furious as we move into the last quarter of the year. And it's had me thinking a lot about who we are as people today and the way we engage our work, our play, our families, our calendars, uh, each experience that we have, whether it is births or deaths or adulthood or embarking on a new adventure, uh, getting married, um, even voting in an election, do we really take the time to make these experiences not only sacred, but ritualistic? Do we take the time to cleanse, to purify, to open the space, to create sacred space, to even tap into the many ancient and sacred ways uh, that used to be. Uh, and I wonder if, if that's part of what's wrong with the modern world. My guest today is the author of a book entitled Cleansing Rites of Curanderismo. And uh, Erica Bonafleur is going to be speaking with us today on many of these cleansing rites and different ways to handle things. So I want to share a little bit about who she is Uh, She blends 20-plus cumulative years of practicing as a curandera, mentoring with curanderics and shamans in the Maya Yucatan jungle, L.A., and Peru, and studying Mesoamerican curanderismo at UCLA and UCR to provide you with rich looks in the fascinating world of Mesoamerican culture and shamanism. She has a master's degree in religious studies and a focus on Mesoamerican shamanism and curanderismo, and she has written Cleansing Rites of Curanderismo uh, and Soul Retrieval, Soul Energies of the Sun, Moon, and Animal Medicine. And she applies and excels at translating this sacred knowledge to help her clients realize and live their bliss. I want to read a beautiful piece that she has written within uh, her book. I weave back my disassociated identities, moving forward in unity and wholeness, riding the undulating serpent. Lazikana, who long ago reclaimed a dynamic and eclectic identity that was hers to shape and adore. La Feminista, who now no longer pokes at or intends to destabilize normative androcentric mores. This is simply incidental. Her essence, presence, often stirs and shakes. It just does. La Curandera, who understands the illusory, paradoxical nature of attaching to defined identities. Her appropriation and negotiation of identities is a way of communicating, embracing, and weaving back all disassociated parts of herself into her sacred heart. I think this resonates with me deeply simply because I have a love and a desire to continuously do the work, to dissolve all the parts of me that are are not the truth. And as I read through her book, I realized that she has this very sacred mission within herself as well. Her book is, as she says, an offering of love and draws from over 20 years of practice as a curandera. Welcome, Erica, to 1111 Talk Radio. Thank you, Simran, for having me. 
it does seem that we are at a time where we almost need to look back to move forward, that there is value in reclining and perhaps discovering some of the ways that that ancient worlds, ancient societies utilized um, in both rites, prayer practices, ritual, and even their connection to to earth and plant medicine. Um, and I think that you have discovered much richness in your own life through moving into this direction after having moved far from it. Yeah, so I think at some at, on some level, there have always been people that looked back. It's just in how they did it <laughs> and the reasons why they did it. You know, I, I think there have always been anthropologists that looked at indigenous cultures and for some time they looked at them like as being sub-level. You know, they didn't have a soul. They weren't very this. They weren't very that. And I think a lot of us are coming back and going, wait a second, we need to look at this a different way for different reasons. Some of those reasons being for healing, healing on a spiritual, physical, emotional, mental, and also in addition to the spiritual level is weaving back those soul pieces because for a lot of times we're talking about colonized histories. So taking back our history and saying, hey, wait a second, there's more to this and we're going to take back our history and honor it in ways that need to be honored because they have been appropriated in certain ways but not acknowledged. So we're taking them back in different ways and saying, let's look at this. And this is healing on so many levels. Now, your book focuses on limpias, which uh, are Latin American curandary smoke cleansing rites that clear, heal, and revitalize the mind, body, spirit, spaces, and situations, as well as facilitating soul retrieval. Um, for, For those people that don't really understand soul retrieval or why we are looking at these different aspected pieces of ourselves and what even the purpose is for cleansing or clearing or healing that. Can you kind of give a general overview so that there's an understanding of why we're looking back from this personal level to be able to bring this type of knowledge into our personal lives? Okay, well, let me let me first just kind of just flesh things out a little bit because um, we're talking about three different books, right? And why we look back at that and why I chose to look back at that. So Cleansing Rites of Curanderismo, it looks back at what's a tradition known as limpias, which are shamanic cleanses. Cleanses on the mind, the body, the spirit. Um, and it is looking at these traditions and understanding why they did what they did and understanding the roots of, because a lot of these things are being done. A lot of people do fire ceremonies. A lot of people work with water ceremonies, a lot of um, you know therapy, talk therapy, but it's done for different reasons and different levels and looking at the ways they integrated it on a mind, body, spirit level. So it's no longer disassociated from ourselves and a lot more people are doing it now and it's looking at how they did it and they did it in a sacred space. So that's the cleansing rites of curanderismo. The, the curanderismo soul retrieval, my second book, focuses on every time we experience some kind of trauma. It could be something that's specific, a car accident or continuous trauma, being in a job or some kind of relationship that drains us. What ends up happening is, is that our soul energy, our sacred essence energy leaves, basically seeks medicine in what's known as the non-ordinary realms. So looking back at these understandings of 
the cardinal spaces and the, the medicine they give us to give us strength, soul energy to keep going to do our work. Because as you know, doing the work, um, whether it's change, looking at shadow aspects, looking for in- discovery, integrating, it requires energy. So the curanderismo soul retrieval, it goes step by step of you know, and, and it doesn't necessarily have to be in a linear way, but it provides the format, the foundation of how to do things for discovering, understanding, and the medicine the South gives, how to do things for releasing, and the medicine the West gives, how to connect to our ancestors, medicinal um, guides, and spirit guides from the North, and the medicines that they give, and then the medicine that is received when we go in New Beginnings, the East. And then it talks about connecting to animal spirit guides, the non-ordinary realms. And, you know, these are these aren't things that we do as Westerners. You know, in Kurandarismo Sover Triples, I explain a lot of the items that even the house, our houses, you know, space linkages, for example, we usually think of them as inanimate objects. You know, the main, main Western person looks at it like the house is, you know, I clean my house, but never really think about it, cleansing it spiritually and cleansing and revitalizing the spirit essence of our house. And what happens is a lot of people experience insomnia. You know, when somebody comes to me that they have a lot of, ins- they're experiencing insomnia, I ask them, when's the last time you did a house limpia, a space limpia? And I have them, I give them a recipe depending on what's going on and what kind of limpias need to be done. And the next time they come to me, guess what? They're able to sleep a lot better and it progresses as they go along. So it's looking at, at things, at these other these these ancient traditions to approach healing in a holistic manner and then sacred energies of the sun and the moon talks about you know it incorporates moving and with in rhythm with the sun and the moon and i'll give a very just a very basic example you know at noon it was understood that um that at high noon i should say when the sun is at its zenith the people, the, many of the Mesoamerican peoples ate their biggest meal of the day at noon. And, you know, there's many reasons that are done, with, done for that on a practical level. One is our digestive system. If we eat the, high, the, the biggest meal of the day at noon and we eat maybe soup, something smaller, something easier in our digestive, digestive system, that helps us have more antioxidants and balance out those free radicals. It also releases DMT while we're sleeping so we can have more lucid dreams and tap into our unconscious. So it's learning how to work with in rhythm with the sun and the moon and treating our Monday lives as being sacred rituals and understanding that there's different phases of the sun, different phases of the moon and sacred energies that they give off. And when we move in rhythm with these energies, we can live a more sacred way of life, a healthier way of life on many levels. And this is something that the indigenous people do so did, and a lot of them still do, I should say. Um, and, and learning how to incorporate these practices and integrate these practices in our busy lives. <laughs> well, and I think that's that's the trick. It's it's that life gets so busy and so distracting that to bring the sacred back in. It is definitely something that requires a discipline, a devotion, uh, a presence. And when you're talking about some of the the different limpias or the different rites that you have people do, are there 
are these things that they require a practitioner to support them with or with your books? Are these things that they can literally do themselves? And are there any, any dangers if unconsciously a mistake is made or something is not cor- done correctly? So depending on, you know, a lot of people say that they, they like working, they prefer working with a practitioner. But, you know, and I'm always open. If people want to work with me um, individually, of course. But I created these books so people can do these things on their own. And I think on some level, you know, when I'm working with people on a one-to-one, honestly, I want them to eventually stand on their own two feet. I, I want them to be able to feel like, I got this. I can do this. I, I can, and step up. Because that's also part of the work, is being able to, on some level, maybe at, at the beginning, people are very weak. They, if Especially if people are coming in depressed and sad and confused. You know, yes, facilitate sacred space for them. And eventually, after they get to a certain point, is that they're coming to a place of like, okay, I've cleared all of the guck. Now let me see what I want to manifest in my life. Now in terms of do they, so whether they need me, maybe if they want to at the beginning, but eventually I'm going to want them to, you know, fly, (laughs) fly and manifest beautiful ideal realities for themselves. Of course, I can always hold space for them in that. Now in terms of dangers on doing things themselves, I always have instructions like, for example, you know, for the space thing, because I talked about that, I recommend for people to always use their cleansing tools and keep them separate from cooking tools. Because if you're using a pot to clear your, your space, that pot is absorbing the energies of the space that are being cleared. So it's not going to be, you know, somebody, I had one client, it was really cute, one client, you know, frantic calling me like, oh my God, my husband ate from the pot that I use for my white fire Olympias and He's been very moody and upset, and what do I do? So it's not like things can't be done. Um, It's not like things can't be cleared for that. But, I mean, I do have instructions for that so people can be aware of things. And eventually, as I mentioned, you know, it's, it's good for people to be able to start feeling that they can do things on their own and not create a codependency relationship. I need someone to tell me what to do and how to do it rather than I'm here to hold space and facilitate the clearing for you. Olympias typically incorporate holistic healing practices, including the use of plants and meditative remedies. They can also be shamanic in nature, as the curandero often knows, sees, or senses energies around the subtle energetic bodies and can journey to different states of reality or consciousness to track and clear the issues that have caused disturbances. These aspects take practice and trust in our intuition. But after many limpias, subtle energies become easier to manage. Limpias can also draw from magical practices in order to change a likely but unwanted outcome to an ideal one. Limpias are incredibly practical in that their sacred tools and methods are very accessible and effective, even for the complete novice. Limpias are the most common rites within Curandirismo because of their high utility. They facilitate holistic cleansing, healing, positive transformation, renewal, and rejuvenation. This is from Erica Buenaflor's book, Cleansing Rites of the Curandirismo, and it is filled with many practical tools and tips along with many different types of rituals that you can do from water rites to fire rites. 
Uh, so if you want to find out more, I recommend that you go and check out this book along with her two others. You can go to her website, realizeyourbliss.com. And while you're there, you can find out about some upcoming events, the Solar and Lunar Rites classes on 11-22 and 12-13. Again, that is realizeyourbliss.com. I'd also like to let you know that the October issue of 1111 Magazine is out right now, and it is digital and free always for you. Just go to the 1111mag.com website. This month's issue is featured around sacred intimacy, and although that might bring to mind the intimacy between two human beings, ultimately that sacred intimacy must begin within the self. It must begin with you being willing to tap into your deepest emotions, your feelings, your patterns and your behaviors, where your woundings come from, what keeps you from love and being loved, what keeps you from your power and being empowered. So definitely check out the latest issue of 1111 Magazine. And while you're there, you can scroll through all of the past archived episodes of 1111 Talk Radio and explore many of the new online courses that are being offered by much of the alumni of 1111 Talk Radio and 1111 Magazine. We'll be right back with more of Erica Buenaflor and her discussion on cleansing rites right after these messages. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Do you want more, more joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships, more empowered community, greater fulfillment and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 Gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. This perspective and introduction on curanderismo comes from the sacred heart of the Ixana curandera, who has been on a quest to understand herself, what has or had compromised her, what drives her questions, and what she chooses to be now. And as a Zikana, lovingly walking back the fragmented pieces of herself into her sacred heart, the root word of curanderismo, curar, means to heal. A curandera is a female healer, and a curandero is a male healer. This is from Cleansing Rites of the Curanderismo by Erica Buenaflor, and you can find out more about her website, about her at her website, realizeyourbliss.com. She has two additional books as well that you can check out while you're there. In addition to upcoming classes on solar and lunar rites that will be taking place 1122 and 1213. Again, that website is realizeyourbliss.com. Welcome back, Erica. You have much of a history in this. Your great-great-grandmother, your great-grandmother, they were very active and very powerful women in how they utilized uh, their their gifts of spirit and and some of this innately came in with you 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 had a sense or were around it enough that that you too have brought in this this healing energy even though you have had uh, studies in law and you have gone in other directions as well Talk a little bit about the initial training and how deeply you implement this into your own life and the effects that that has had since doing so. Sure. Well, first of all, my training was in a, it wasn't linear by any means. It was, it was, a, it was something that it was more of an awakening for me. So when it started, when I started doing it traditionally in my undergrad, I was um, I was an undergrad student, and I had the privilege to take some graduate study courses at the undergrad and create my own curriculum. And I started taking classes on creating a class on curanderismo and economic globalization and transnationalism, and you know I just created something like that. And um, and I was very much involved in social justice mo- movements, so. That was my whole impetus to go to law school. But there was also this this spiritual side of me that was awakening at this time as this sense of social justice was also awakening with me right alongside of it. So my second year in law school was I, I synchronistically I met my my two mentors when I went to the Yucatan and it was it was completely unintentional. It just happened and I did I worked with them for about seven years. I was going back there because when I started my training, you know, there weren't any classes here in LA on any, there weren't any curanderics. There wasn't, you know, right now Cheo's actually teaches a class on curanderismo at the University of New Mexico. And we have a lot more people that identify themselves as curanderics, which is beautiful, but there wasn't anything like that when I, when I started. So I was going to the Yucatan about every four to six months during my initial training. And at that time I was already you know, towards the end, I was already working as an attorney. So it was, it was just one of those things like I, I just was 
drawn to it. And um, after about seven years, I, you know, I was working as an attorney and, you know, I was, I was, uh, I went on a con- work convention and I, I, that day I went on a hike and I slipped, I woke up and I had fallen about over 30 feet and I woke up being airlifted. And then three days later, I was told that I had a skull fracture, brain hemorrhage, left AC dislocated, two vertebrae in my back fractured. I completely shattered my coccyx. Left leg, I fractured it in three places. Right leg, knee down. All of my bones shattered and came out of my heel. Um, Those were the big things. And then six weeks later, I was also told that I had severe osteomyelitis because when they put the bones back in my heel, they didn't do a culture. So I I got an infection in my bones, and my bones were actually deteriorating into dust. Um, So they told me that I was going to be in pain the rest of my life. You know, my coccyx was shattered. There was nothing they could do about that. If I could walk again, it was more than likely going to be with some assistance because I had lost half the bones in my right ankle and a lot of other issues. Um, and at that time, I I, did, I didn't walk. I was in a wheelchair for almost a year. And during that time, I put into practice everything that I had learned. It was mentor step up. <laughs> my mentorship just stepped up on a whole new level. And I, I decided, you know, when I woke up from the hospital that I was going to finally embrace my don, which is a gift of healing from God that I know we all have. But I, I finally decided I was going to stop doubting myself, that I was going to stop treating this as like, oh, I don't know why I'm doing this. I'm just kind of doing this. But I, I just decided I'm going to take this seriously. So, um, you know, after after I, I being able to walk for, you know, I walked with, after not walking for almost a year, I walked with a completely normal gait in less than two weeks. So after that time, I, I decided I, I was just like, I don't know what to do. You know, I came from a family where my mom and my father on both sides of, of the family were the first ones to go to college. So you better believe their daughter was going to continue as a professional. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like something like, I'm a good on that. You know, it's like my mom and my dad both learned to speak English while they were in college. You know, it was, they, they were, they were Mexican. They were crossing over. My, my, my father was the first, he was 16 years old when he got his degree in engineer at UTEP. And my mom was the first, she was the first one. And as a widow going to college. So it was something that it was that was very hard for me, you know, spiritually, individual, just hard on many levels. So I just kind of said, you know what, I'm going to go back to school, graduate school, and kind of figure things out. So I went back to school, and I was seeing clients during this whole time. So I was I was teaching classes too as an attorney, and then as a grad student, all this. So it was it wasn't like I had completely disassociated. I just wasn't integrated it in all of it. I was just keeping everything like separate in different things. I was teaching a class. I was taking a class. I was an attorney. I was volunteering. I was doing so many different things, but not really weaving things back in gracefully. And then um, in grad school, I, um, I, I, I basically studied all the codices and learning ancient indigenous traditions. And, and it wasn't like my mentors didn't know these. Of course they knew. Just a lot of times I didn't know a lot of the questions that would elicit the responses that helped me understand why I would I was doing things. A lot of things that I was doing were very intuitive. So my training was very, it was very jagged and it was academic. It was field 
because then at that time too, I started my mentorship with my two, with my set of two other mentors. And of course, I always studied classes here and, and when I was in the States and taking all kinds of things, but I had four principal mentors. So my mentorship expanded. Um, I mean, I'm still, I, I, the Kurandarics never really stops learning. We're always uh, acting as a mentee and a mentor. Um, I'm, I'm more than likely going to continue my my study on Yerberismo uh, with some of the people that I, I have a place down in, in Isamal, Yucatan, Mexico. So I'm going to continue that um, next year after everything settles down with the pandemic. So I don't know if I can really say it's out of completion. It's still ongoing. As I was reading through your book, there came a part where um, there was an owner of a, a space that you were sitting in, and she asked you a question. She asked you if you were living your bliss, your joy, and your happiness. And she really stressed the word living. And I, I think about this year and where many people are and how we've been forced to slow down and stop and really reflect inside. And, and I think it's probably a, a time where many people realize that they may not be living their bliss and that there is more to life and how important this this introspection and understanding of how to empower our soul is you have done this through many rites, different type of sacred rites, through plant medicine, through uh, all kinds of methods of healing yourself and, and truly having miraculous recovery from the story that you just stated. How can these types of cleansing rites and practices and, and limpias support an individual into stepping into a place that they know the answer to that question. Are you living your bliss, your joy, and your happiness? Well, you know, in many different ways. And and one, I'll just give an example of a practical one, right? If someone at the moment is in a job that they cannot stand, <laughs> which, you know, it's, it's just, uh, it happens, or they're getting tired of it, they don't know. But at the same time, they have a mortgage to pay. They have children to support through college, or they have um, other bills and whatnot. Those rights can help to cleanse us, because when we're in spaces that we're not really enjoying, they can help us and put us on track to motivate us, because when we're in those spaces, we might not have time we may not have the energy, I should say, to pursue something else. And and for myself personally, that's how I was able to do so many things in a day. You know, work as an attorney, volunteer as an attorney, work as a curandera, continue my studies as a curandera. Because I was constantly doing limpias because the limpias help to rejuvenate us and give us energy. Which is essential to be able to create outside the box manifest outside the box and manifest this period. Now, I know in this country, one of the greatest issues happens to be depression, uh, along with anxiety, but specifically depression seems to be plaguing more and more individuals and a dullness when it comes to life. You have a beautiful story within the book of a woman that was suffering from severe depression. And when she came to you and and the rite or the limpia was performed, and she went home and continued the practice, she was able to 
re-engage in life and become very motivated and start to change. Can you talk a little bit more about that story to help individuals understand that we can lift many different types of afflictions and energies that are plaguing us? Well, I think with the with the story that you're speaking of is with the egg limpia, you know, and this lady had something, um, a parasite attached to her. And that is something that can be taken out from an egg limpia because it's, she had um, chronic fatigue syndrome and um, with the egg limpia, that's, what, or that's how, how she diagnosed it anyway. But there was definitely a, an astral parasite attached to her energy that was just sucking her energy out of her. So one of the things that I had, I did for her was I performed an egg limpia for her. Um, and, you know, when I'm not able to do it, for example, in person, I have people do what are called baños, baths. I, I tell them certain herbs to work with or flowers to work with because certain energies, especially if people are depressed, whether it's coming from a parasite or whether it's coming from random inner dialogue in the mind or it's just repeated exposure to something toxic, when we give ourselves baños, baths, and we work with certain herbs, certain flowers, and we do certain rituals in that, after a while what happens is it, it raises the vibration of our auric fields, our bodies, our energetic bodies around us. And whatever that is toxic around us can't stay on us. So, you know, I have various recipes in the book that, that people can use, and after a while it starts lifting the person. So whether... Because there's different reasons where depression comes for different different ways, right? Different. It could be a job or it could be something that it's attached or some kind of thinking or whatnot. But when we raise our energy bodies through baths, through, then that would be a water limpia or through fire ceremonies, different things like that. Those things, at least energetically, start getting reshaped. So our etheric body starts seeping into our physical body and helps what's known as um, self-directed neuroplasticity. It helps us to start thinking differently because our energy is different too. Our energy is higher. So we start attracting different things through our energy bodies, more favorable circumstances um, because, you know, around our energy bodies, that's, that's energy. That's an attraction. We're magnets. So if our energies around us are lighter, you know, what, what, whatever kind of limpia we're performing, we start attracting lighter sub, sub, circumstances that make life more graceful, that can help life be more graceful and can help us change our depression, our moods. My guest today is Erica Bonaflor, and she is the author of three books and one more upcoming. Drawing on her 20 years experience as a Gurundera and her graduate studies focused on Mesoamerican shamanism, she traces modern Gurunderismo practices to their indigenous roots. She explores the sacred stories behind Limpia rituals and examines different types of Limpia ceremonies in depth, such as fire rites for transformation water rites for cleansing and influencing, and sweeping rites for divination. Erica outlines how limpias work holistically to enable one to let go and cleanse the body, mind, and spirit of limiting beliefs, traumas, and broken stories, how to heal acute and chronic illnesses such as depression, insomnia, and anxiety, 
and revitalize and activate sacred spaces by renewing their essence and clearing negative energies. Erica explains the healing properties of the plants used in Limpia rites and how to perform the medicinal chants used by the curanderos. In addition, she details how the practice of platicas, heart-straightening talks, support Limpia rites by encouraging one to vocalize their needs as they eject traumas and unwanted energies from the body, setting the stage for self-awareness and healing. You can find out more about her work at realizeyourbliss.com and you can uh, register for her solar or lunar rites classes on 11-22 and 12-13. The current book that we are discussing, Cleansing Rites of Curanderismo, uh, provides the fundamental building blocks for the most prevalent types of limpias. It also provides examples of how they have helped her clients Attract ideal situations, heal from various forms of depression, insomnia, anxiety, and other illnesses, and experience what some would call miracles. You can find out more about this book in addition to her others, Cleansing Rites of Curanderismo, Curanderismo Soul Retrieval, or Sacred Energies of the Sun and Moon. And she's coming up with a new book in 2021 that is Animal Medicine. We'll be right back with Erica Buenaflor and realizeyourbliss.com. Do you want more? More joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships? more empowered community, greater fulfillment, and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides, and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. 
Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Erica Winifor, in her books, talks about water limpias, which are for cleansing and rebirth. She says that using water in the Olympia rite can purify the body, mind, spirit, and soul, as well as facilitate spiritual rebirth and rejuvenation. Blessed water can also charge and cleanse other Olympia tools, such as herbs, flowers, and eggs, and can revitalize sacred images. Water can be blessed or charged when placed with certain items during different times of the day and night. And bowls of water can be used as offerings to cleanse a situation, see into situations, or act as a portal into divine realms. Certain sources of water are preferred to perform limpias for particular purposes, and specific water temperatures are also preferred for certain types of limpias. You can find out about this and more, all types of different rites, um, by reading her book, Cleansing Rites of Curanderismo, uh, in addition to checking out her other books that she has or the different things on her website, realizeyourbliss.com. Erica Buenaflor has a master's degree in religious studies with a focus on Mesoamerican shamanism from the University of California at Riverside, a practicing curandera for over 20 years. Descending from a long line of grandmother curanderas, she has studied with curanderos and curanderos in Mexico, Peru, Los Angeles, and gives presentations on curanderismo in many settings, including UCLA. Welcome back, Erica. In your book, you talk about how spirituality, politics, and culture were highly intertwined in ancient Mesoamerica. Uh, and, and it's kind of an odd thing, probably, for people to think about spirituality and politics being an intertwined space. But right now, more than ever, we probably need to do some cleansing rites <laughs> in those areas. <laughs> um, talk about how uh, weaving this type of practice, sacred practice, in through, you know, water limpias and fire uh, rituals and different things actually uh, brings about the more positive outcomes and the sacredness back into that uh, blend of spirituality, politics, and culture today. Well, you know, I, I don't know. In terms of politics, that is, um, that, that can be a charged area. You know, sometimes people ask me, um, how can I use limpias to ensure or help promote more social justice and you know in in terms of in terms of our lives we always have the right to create our ideal realities and and also everybody has that right and that sovereignty that free will to create their own reality so if they want to be in a reality where they're being oppressed so be it if they're allowing it, so be it. Now, individually, we can choose through, for example, a velación. That um, and a velación is is a candle. You know, I have different kinds of. In in my book, I explain different kinds of formations of how you can create different. Um, it's it's basic platonic solids, uh, sacred geometry of formations with candles, so you can see into a situation as well by reading the glass itself after it burns. Um, if it's dark, you know that there's some, that there may be some roadblocks or some 
energies that, that may be impeding, but they're being cleared. So we always have the right to create ideal realities for ourselves. Um, and everyone else has that right as well. And we can ask to self soften someone's heart. We can ask for someone if they're experiencing some kind of illness or problems to offer them something. But it's always a good idea to ask. So there's, yeah, there's, you know, in terms of how they integrated their lives, it's it's important to understand in approaching their their studies and what they looked at because, of course, you know, with politics, you see some inequalities, you see some power struggles there too. So I don't want to ever romanticize anything. And at the same time, um, to understand that how they approached life was very different and they didn't look at, for example, cooking as oh, a mon- just a mundane activity. Maybe they did on certain days, but a lot of times they integrated it and they, they thanked, they honored, they recognized as what they were doing as something sacred. So and in that way, we're not disassociating ourselves because a lot of times when we do that and we just say, oh, I'm doing something mundane, this is my time I meditate, this is my time when I, I do something that's special for me, we start disassociating ourselves from ourselves rather than allowing and taking more time to be mindful and grateful for what we're doing in our basic activities or simple activities and making them beautiful and special and recognizing that in that way. Yeah, I think it's the distinction between people saying I'm going to bring some more sacredness into my life versus I'm going to bring my life into my sacredness. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, a lot of people don't realize that anger, jealousy, sadness, um, hate, revenge, all of these things are energies or entities that we are attaching to ourselves or become attached to us. And so uh, you talk about platicas, and are these ways to eject some of those types of unwanted energies in addition to, you, you mentioned parasites earlier. Can you talk a little bit more about that direction? Well, platicas, you know, those are heart-straightening talks. And they come from understanding, you know, back in, the, back in you know, the indigenous people, what they did is they actually held, they did it privately and they did statewide ceremonies where everybody would go outside in the main center plazas and start saying out loud when there was um, a plague, (laughs) when there was something going on that was not positive for the community, everybody would go outside and start saying all the things that they feel that they needed to release that that were waving heavy in their hearts. And the curanderics, or shamans, if you will, would go around with copal, would go around with different cleansing to help cleanse that energy and transmute that energy because it's believed when we talk about things that are heavy in our heart that it's ejecting those energies from us and it's also important to recognize too because a lot of a lot of clients who are therapists that come to me that don't take the time to cleanse themselves after a day's work eventually they start taking on that energy even if they have beautiful clients energy is energy it's a good idea that we practice cleansing that energy. So the platicas, yes, it definitely helps. You know, it's, it's why it's also, it's believed that when something is weighing heavy on your consciousness or on you, you talk about it because that is healing also in and of itself. 
it releases energy as we do that. And it's important that we recognize that and we honor that sacred space so it can be done, so it can facilitate the greatest release and also the person that is holding space for it also doesn't pick up that energy and also is able to cleanse themselves from those energies as well. Beautiful. And you also go into um, many fire rites and, and you talk about fire and ceremony being something that is done at the beginning of things, at the ending of things to mark specific calendrical renewals or to mark new cycles. Um, can you talk a little bit about the fire rites of Mexico and, um, and how they inaugurated these different uh, moments of our experience? Sure. One of the very common things that they would do was they would do um, renewal and what we call, well, I guess a lot of anthropologists, archaeologists call termination rites, termination rituals, where, for example, if they were honoring um, a building, they just constructed a temple to honor, you know, a new dynasty or a new rule or a new sacred space is they would have um, in the middle as a hearth, they would have different kinds of fire ceremonies. They would either light up a fire pit or they would have an embrasure and they would start renewing that space through fire by either honoring a new period, honoring a new sacred essence energy because it was believed that those buildings, for example, had the energy of a ruler, uh, a, a new queen, a new... Um, family, um, a new ancestor, especially if it was in a, in a household that was from somebody that was a commoner. That's how they also honored. They honored, they brought in the ancestors um, into the house, into the, the forebeams of the house, and they would honor it with through fire to basically give life, new life to those buildings. Um, so that was one of the things that did. They, they, they did many other things, but that's one example of how they used fire rites to honor to revive us to honor and revive our sacred tools as well as well um, our medicine bundles our feather fans different things that they did to honor us and honor and create and strengthen that connection with our sacred items and sacrality itself and you also talk about how fire is a gateway to the supernatural and it can be used as a divinatory tool to access not only the present, but also the past and possible future outcomes. Yes. So I mentioned already with velaciones, um, candle works, and there's another one too when you do, for example, what I call uh, a white fire limpia, which is a couple handfuls of Epsom salt, a splash of rubbing alcohol, and dry herbs. All herbs have cleansing properties. All herbs. They have to be dry, though. You put them in a pot that you're only going to use for your white fire limpias. And after, you know, you light it into a room and um, you put water, you know, after it's, it, it, it dies, the water dies, the, the fire dies down, you put water into the pot. You let it sit for about five minutes or more. Then you dump out the water. And usually you dump out the water where some, nothing is growing. Or you could put it in a succulent garden too. Su- succulents and cacti help to recycle energy. And then afterwards, if there's a lot of guck, so to speak, on the pot after you've done the white fire limpia, that lets you know that there's more limpias to do. There's a lot of energy still stuck in the house 
it took away some, granted, it did cleanse away some, but there needs to be, it needs to be done on a more regular basis. So that in, in one sense, it's divinatory. And also if you're doing one individually and you're doing an offer, you can watch how the fire burns. You can watch how it goes out, or you can just do the very simple one too, where I indicated with water to see what else needs to be done and also read the formation of how it burned. Beautiful. And then I'd love to have you touch on one last one before we close out the show. And you talk about sweeping as a way to purify and revitalize. I'm sorry, what was that? Sweeping as a oh, way sweeping. to purify. Okay. Yes. 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 I thought you said sleeping. I was like, sleeping is yes. <laughs> but I, okay. <laughs> so um, sweeping it's, um, it's basically understood that the act of sweeping, and it could be with the feather fan, it could be with herbs, or it could be with actual, some type of broom. You know, sometimes they were held, they were shown in a lot of the codices, the um, ancient books with um, ancestors and deities holding a sweeping device. You know, sometimes it was a handheld, sometimes it was an actual broom. And um, what that's believed to do, it's believed to open up pathways cleanse energies you know so somebody the practitioner may spray some florida water or some other um blessed water sacred water over the person run a rattle over the person and then finish it off with sweeping with either a feather fan or herbs or even an egg and that helps to lift cleanse those energies any stagnant energies from the person from the person's bodies wonderful Um, Wonderful. Uh, your your book is certainly packed with lots of different uh, practices and uh, instruction for individuals to be able to bring more sacredness into their life so that they can start to embody that throughout their life. I urge you to check out Erica Bonafleur by going to her website, realizeyourbliss.com. You'll find out about all of her books in addition to the other work that she does. Again, that's realizeyourbliss.com. My guest next week will be Roland Comtois, and we are going to be talking about the Purple Papers. He is a gentleman that endlessly writes these Purple Papers and channels messages from uh, individuals that have left and then searches out or finds the individuals that the Purple Papers belong to. So definitely join me next week for that show. Thank you so much, Erica, for being on 1111 Talk Radio today. It has been a pleasure. Until next week, I am Simran. In love, of love, with love, and as love. Be well. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality. Your heart to greater compassion and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simron next Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey.